here we go episode number one guardians and gladiators i'm going to introduce my co-host right now chris lozon who we're going to refer to from here on after by his nickname lozy lozy how about telling us a little bit about yourself uh, my name's Chris Lozon. I've been with Special Olympics since 2004. Um, I do floor hockey, softball, and golf. And I'm just excited about ep our episode one today. Excellent. Excellent. So Chris is actually the host. I'm the co-host. I should have said that initially. Uh, my name is Derek Spence. Um, we're going to shorten that right down for the purposes of editing on the program, and I'll just be referred to as D from here on. <laughs> so that's where we get Lozy and D from. Uh, I am a retired police officer with London Police, and for about 30 years or so, I've been involved with the law enforcement torch run for Special Olympics uh, in various different roles, but really they've all just been an excuse to be around the Special Olympic athletes because that's what makes my day each and every day. So this is exciting. Chris and I are going to do this weekly podcast. Chris, what's it all going to be about? It's going to be about sports, but it's just not your regular sports. This is about Special Olympic sports. We're going to have different athletes on, volunteers, directors of London, uh, of Special Olympics London, it, 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 just, to, just to share what Special Olympics is all about. Exactly. And we're hoping that we will be able to reach out to some other special, special guests from across the region, maybe across the province. And who knows, we may even treat you with some special guests from across the country to join us. When we talk sports, we're talking Special Olympic sports, and that's what this is all about. We are going to right now take a second to acknowledge something that's very, very important and is happening this weekend. As we record this, it's October 3rd, and the Canada Sports Hall of Fame is naming its new inductees. One of those inductees is a gentleman by the name of Jackie Barrett. He's also known by what name, Chris? Uh, the Moose. The Moose, exactly. Jackie's a Special Olympics athlete. He's actually a retired Special Olympics athlete from out in the East Coast, initially in Nova Scotia and now in Newfoundland. Uh, Jackie was a champion powerlifter who has since retired and now mentors other powerlifters in the area. Jackie is the first ever Special Olympics athlete to be inducted into Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. That is pretty impressive, eh, Chris? Oh, it is. It's it's just exciting to hear that Special Olympics athlete just just going to be beside some of Canadians' best athletes in in the Canadian Hall of Fame. Absolutely, there's been almost seven hundred athletes inducted in over almost about sixty five years of inductions, and this is the first time a Special Olympics athlete is in. So hopefully that's the first of many because we both know how many amazing athletes are out there in the world of Special Olympics. Speaking of which, we are going to get right to our first guest as soon as we come back. So once again, first episode, Guardians and Gladiators. Thanks for joining us. We will be right back. Welcome back to our very first episode of Guardians and Gladiators. Today, our very first guest of, for our episode one is a Special Olympic athlete. He's been with Team Canada numerous times in floor hockey welcome to the show jamie walker thanks chris jamie how are you today 
I'm okay right now. Good. Excellent. We are going to start off our episodes here with focusing on hockey. And when we talk Special Olympics hockey, we're talking floor hockey, right? Right. And you know all about that, don't you? Yes. Absolutely. Now, I feel a little funny calling you James because I've always heard about this other name that you're called when it comes to floor hockey. Uh, what name would that be by chance? It would, it would be Dozer. Dozer, that's the name. Where does that come from? From the uh, Team Canada from Special Olympics. Yeah, and why did they pick that name? Because I, I, I like to bump people quite a few times. So we're talking like a bulldozer here, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Would you, you okay with us calling you dozer then? Make you feel comfortable and get us in that floor hockey mode? Yeah, that sounds good. Absolutely. So we, we all, with that being athletes in Special Olympics, we always have a story. How, how did you get involved with Special Olympics? And what age? I started Special Olympics in floor hockey and since I was about 16 years old. Then when I finished my high school, I decided to get get some play some more sports. That's nice. awesome. Cool. What about uh, what about nutrition? How does nutrition play a part when it comes to getting ready for a big competition? I use I use that meat lasagna, meat lasagna before before I go to the competition. Love it. So that's kind of like a superstition you have there. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Do you make it yourself? Nope, I just buy it from the uh, grocery store. So, all right, very cool. Um, so we we mentioned that you played with Team Canada numerous times. What was it feel like the first time walking in with thousands, like ten thousand spectators watching the opening ceremonies live? What was the feeling as you were marching in? Actually, you know what? It was kind of a little nervous when you start the competition. Like, like, like all these world athletes are better than us, and they were faster, stronger. But after a while, you get used to it. You know, it's good. Funny thing about athletes, they always have stories, don't they? Everybody's got a story of their time <laughs> in a competition. Those are, tell me a good story about one of your uh, teammates when you're on the road at a competition, you got a crazy teammate who does some crazy stuff while you guys are on the road. You don't have to name <laughs> their names because we don't want to get them in trouble or anything, but. Well, it's, it's our assistant coach, uh, Sean, who made, who made the nickname up. Oh yeah. Yeah. You crazy guy on the road. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got some stories you can share with us. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> well, when I, when I got called from Team Canada, I just I went to the uh, floor hockey practice with the Guelph team, and all of a sudden, coach, a sudden coach decided to nickname, decided to make some nickname from all the players. For so, for instance, there's um, there's Noodle and Duel, that's their father and son. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Scott, Tennant. Scott Tennant, They call him the Scooters. And it was so fun making the nicknames. <laughs> Very good. That's awesome. So what, with, <clears throat> with being with our Special Olympics and doing our sports, what pro athlete that inspires you the most to, to keep you going in floor hockey? And, and who, who do you look up to as a, as a pro athlete? 
Uh, I tell you the truth, maybe some floor hockey players say they help me cheer me on a bit. Anybody in particular, Jamie, that you can remember? Nope, sorry. That's all yeah. I can remember. That's okay. No problem. No problem. How do you it's, it's been a tough year and a half, a eh? tough couple of years with um the pandemic hitting and obviously the sports all got shut down. What have you been doing to kind of keep your skills up, Jamie? So when we do get back to playing here, that you're kind of back at it again and and, you, and keep your skills where they were before. Well, I mean, it's just I've been laid off for work for a while. Then also I got a call from the boss as I'm going back to work. Then all then um, there's a special Olympics uh, virtual game, so I decided to join with them. And also the um, the Olympics uh, activities going on, so I joined with them. Then all of a sudden there, uh, there was a virus outbreak going on at university was well was getting a little bit dangerous, so I was laid off from work for a while for about a month or two. And all of a sudden I got an email from the boss. I decided to come back to work. Nice. So you're That's back awesome. working again? Yes, I am. Very good. Very good. Listen, I understand. A little bird told me about a an incident that happened while you were at some games, uh, I believe it's the world games to one of your coaches. Yeah, that was, that was scary for a while. Yeah. What happened there, James? Well, I was, I, I was, there was a line uh, after buzzer went, I saw a coach was lying on the ground. I was like, Oh boy, that's not good. So it sounded like it was serious. He had a heart attack. But fortunately, um, he may he managed for recovery right now, and he was back at hotel. Wow, that would be scary for sure. Yes. Did you guys play the game? Oh yes, we continue playing the game. And what happened? Uh, we beat uh, Team Jamaica six nothing. Advanced nice. to the gold medal game. I'll bet you that was dedicated to a certain coach, wasn't it? Yep. Wow, good for you guys. That's excellent. What a great story. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Well, just before we wrap up with you, Dozier, I understand there's another sport, um, Special Olympics related, that you are pretty heavily involved in right now, eh? Yes, I am. Which one would that be? Uh, powerlifting. Powerlifting, exactly. And on the note of powerlifting, Chris and I were talking earlier today about a pretty special ceremony happening um, at the Canada Sports Hall of Fame and involving an athlete from out in the East Coast by the name of Jackie Barrett. I believe you're, you know, Jackie, is that right? I know Jackie once before at the uh, national game. Yeah. Nice. Now, isn't this a great thing that a special Olympics athlete has been acknowledged here? Yep. Amazing. Isn't it? Well, yep. Dozier, hopefully you can keep on the track there and maybe one day we'll be on this podcast. Losie and I talking about a different athlete being inducted into the hall of fame and uh, something to do with a bulldozer or something. <laughs> hey, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dozier, thanks very much for joining us. You are our first ever guest on the podcast and we are oh, thank you. so happy to have you here. It's been great yep. getting to know you and yep. uh, maybe some way down the road, we'll get to cross paths again. Yeah, I will then. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for joining us, Jamie. Thank you very much. We are going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with our second guest today. Uh, second guest that's, um, well, We'll save it for when he comes back. How about that? We'll be back <laughs> shortly.
All right, welcome back to the first episode of Guardians and Gladiators. Being our first episode, we're going to make mistakes. I know, I know, hopefully in the second episode, we don't make any, but we have made one in this one. Before we let James Dozer Walker go, we have one special thing we want to do with him. Dozer, there's a Special Olympics athlete's oath. Are you aware of this? Yes, I am. Could you do me a favor and recite that oath for me? Let me win. If I cannot win, let me be brave as a champ. Absolutely. Dozer, can you tell us about a time when you were brave in the attempt? Well, I was, I was about to get deadlift to get, get ready for deadlift for 500 pounds, and I was a bit nervous and scared, all thousands of fans. So, Eric, so when I lifted 500 pounds, I saw the judge like saying, like, that, what? Mm, mm, mm. I was like, I was confused. Like, it was, was it close or something? Like, and my mom said, Jamie, you did, you did, you did. <laughs> Amazing. I was, like, I, was was, I was confused. What was the uh, announcer saying or the judge would say? So, yeah. So, you didn't know if you'd made it or not. Yeah. It's a good thing your mom was there to clear things up for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's excellent. That's pretty I love awesome. to hear that. Love That's to hear awesome, that. Jamie. All right. Thanks, those of you for coming back and doing that with us. Uh, quick break here. We're going to be back with our second guest. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Episode one of Guardians and Gladiators. We just had a great first guest in James Dozer Walker, Special Olympics London floor hockey athlete, as well as powerlifting athlete. We're now going to move on, and we're going to speak with our second guest. Our second guest joins us as not only a Special Olympics volunteer, but a Special Olympics official, a Special Olympics uh, executive member, and probably more important than any of them, a Special Olympics father. Uh, you recognize the last name of Walker. This is Rick Walker. Yes, he is the father of our first guest, Dozer Walker. Rick, thanks for joining us. Happy to be on board. Excellent, excellent. Now, our focus on this episode, Rick, is on hockey and Special Olympics floor hockey to be particular. When it comes to hockey, you hold a pretty special position in relation to officiating floor hockey in London, don't you? Yes, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a floor hockey ref. I've been around for a few years. Yes, you have. Listen, whereabouts, I know obviously you do a lot of officiating here in London, and then there's some local tournaments as well. What are some of the places that, that you've been taken to in the world of Special Olympics as an official? Well, as an, uh, well in floor hockey, uh, I, I've gone as floor hockey and powerlifting. So floor hockey, I've been, uh, uh, I think, uh, several provincial games. Uh, been up to the hotbed of romance up in Sudbury. <laughs> I've been to uh, Toronto numerous times. Been to Chicago a couple of times. And uh, uh, in, uh, for powerlifting, I've been off to... Uh, Oh, as coach, I've been off to Antigonish, Nova Scotia, and uh, I've also been across the way to Michigan. So nice. it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting. Very cool. With, with Jamie having special needs and, and though that you have a, a daughter that's, that's not special needs, was it, um, how was it for Jamie, like growing up and knowing that he wouldn't be able to play regular sports? Well, it's 
actually it's it, daughters have special needs too you well you've got a daughter bringing up a daughter oh my gosh <laughs> yeah i know bringing bringing up girls is you know that's harder than bringing up boys jamie all i have to do is deal with uh with sports but no um uh we were quite fortunate uh his older sister danielle was always uh always looking out for him always supportive she was three years older than he but uh, jamie never took to sports at all at first wanted really nothing to do with it all he wanted to do was puzzles, watch TV, and he, he was nonverbal. And then uh, a little bit later in his life, uh, we brought him to a London Knights game at the old, the old gardens, and he started swearing and cursing. So he picked up some of the language, unfortunately, <laughs> he was nine years old. Then I brought him to a University of Western Mustang uh, hockey game, and he met a hockey player. And it was that gentleman, a uh, fellow by the name of Mark Guy, who uh, ended up getting Jamie wanted to speak and ended up getting Jamie interested in sports. And basically told Jamie, you can do anything that you want. Uh, just give it a try. So we got involved with a, a special needs hockey league called George Bray. And uh, I think that's where I met Chris for the first time. He was just a kid then. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now he makes me feel really old. And, oh uh, and then uh, shortly after that, we heard about Special Olympics. And uh, Jamie got involved in 2003 with Special Olympics. And uh, they were running short on uh, coaches and referees. So I just said, listen, do you need a hand? Uh, I don't mind helping. At the time I was, uh, I was uh, working and I was on the road quite a bit and I, uh, and I really didn't want to commit full time, but a referee was a good way of, uh, you know, just filling in for the odd weekend and, and going away. So I was used to doing that. And uh, Jamie really liked sports. And then when he finished, he went to a, a school called Thames Secondary School. I think at the time, I think it's John, uh, B. Davison right now. And that's been a very good uh, recruiting area for uh, some of our special needs athletes. And that's how he got into sports and his teachers really encouraged him along the way. So anyway, that's how he got into sports and sports is, he, he likes it. He, and, he, and he really enjoys his coaches and he enjoys, I think Jamie's not a very outgoing person. But when he's into floor hockey, as you know, Chris, he is outgoing. Let's go. He, yeah. He gets yeah. just as much joy setting up a, a, a goal or giving a body check or whatever. And, uh, and uh, he, he enjoys it. So it, it's all about uh, sportsmanship and respect. Very nice. Rick. That's good. Jamie's been involved in a few different sports. Would you say there's one in particular that has helped in his development? I think floor hockey is, is probably, uh, uh, sorry, powerlifting is more personal physical development and it's a lot of strength with that. And floor hockey has taught him that you, uh, more about how a team works. So uh, it's, I look at hockey as being um, problem solving. How do you, how do you, how do you, and there are consequences to, uh, when you cross the line for um, the problem solving. So if a person has got a breakaway and you want to stop him, well, there's two ways. You can try and legally do it, or you can take his legs out from underneath them or slash his stick. And for that, there's, there's consequences. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same that he is, Special Olympics emphasizes a lot, not about just winning. It's, it's about how you play the game and how you learn how to, to accept defeat. And that's, in my view, that's, that's not sport. That's just how to live life that, yeah. that prepares them for work in the community. So um, mm -hmm. I think he gains the respect when he gets a penalty, 
he doesn't do a lot of talking. He just, he's off to the box. Sometimes he's off to the box even before he gets the penalty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true though, isn't it? That's good. Oh yeah. Um, so during, during the lockdown, you started a side project that, that made you now an author. Tell, can, can you tell us a little bit about your book and, and what do you do with the money for, so, that sure, you raised uh, from the book? Uh, well, I, during all this time, I, I, uh, Ancestry DNA found me a brother. So now I got an entire new family that I, I've been hooked up with. And I'm, I'll actually go see them next week. But around uh, December, I didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, you know, we're here in the house, just me and my wife. And, and uh, you know, we were locked down. And I thought, well, well, maybe I'll do something different. I'll, I'll write a book. So I, I wrote a, a book. And uh, so I talked to a publisher and they said, well, what kind of book do you want? Do you, you know, is it about cooking or gardening or, you know, what is it? So I decided to do a sci-fi novel and uh, it's, uh, here's my plug. It's called uh, Oceans of Callisto. And uh, so I, uh, I, I put together some story. I called the publisher. They said, here, we're, uh, this is how much uh, it would cost you to do it. Uh, and here's how you can publish. And I decided, well, I didn't want to spend that kind of money. So then I wrote about some characters and it's all about inclusion. There's a, there's a, a person, it's taken in the year 2090 and there's a, it's a sci-fi. So uh, I cleaned up the language. So there's no Samuel T. Jackson <laughs> in it and there's no uh, graphic sex in it. So I'm not sure how well it'll sell, but, but it, uh, it, also, it also has a, a character in there who is autistic. And there's a character in there. His name is Shelby McCracken. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, Shelby McCracken has Down syndrome. He also just happens to be a Special Olympic athlete who is nonverbal. But in the book, he's an, an empath, which means that he can read people's minds. Wow. And so quite clearly, he when he was going on space travel, he didn't pass the physical. <laughs> do that. But because he had this special gift of being able to not only read people's mind, but any living creature he could read. And he was going to be helpful as they went on this, this uh, tour to, uh, to Jupiter. Anyway, uh, I've, uh, I've been able to, I've started receiving my royalties on it. And I'm going to, uh, I've already issued my first check to Special Olympics Ontario. All proceeds from the book go to Special Olympics Ontario. I want to add one more thing about the community of Special Olympics. My book, when I was writing it, I had to put 60,000 words. That's a fair amount of stuff. Mm -hmm. And what was really nice was that I had two volunteers from Special Olympics review that book for me. And one of those books, uh, it was a parent of one of our athletes, uh, oh. Isaac's father, Chris. And he's, he writes books and magazines, and he reviewed the book for me. He said I'd, I'd coached his uh, youngster long enough, and he, uh, so he, he did the reviews for me, and I much appreciate it and helped me publish it. Wow, that's so great. We kept it in the Special Olympics family. Very nice. And all the proceeds go to Special Olympics Ontario. Is that right? Yes. And I just found out uh, Special Olympics Ontario, uh, uh, once they receive the money, they send it back to Special Olympics London. There you so go. That was kind of cool. So, and while it's out there in um, electronic format, it just keeps earning money and I just keep getting the checks. And then I just, uh, uh, every month or every three months, I send a check off to Special Olympics Ontario. And uh, it's dedicated to the men and women uh, of Special Olympics. And wow. it's based, part of it is just, I figured if people that are, have intellectual disabilities can handle challenges of, of dealing with their, 
uh, intellectual disabilities, by golly, I can I can write a book. That's amazing. Very good, Rick. That's that's pretty impressive to to get that done. And then not only that, but the fact that the proceeds are all going to Special Olympics. So, Oceans of Callisto. Is that correct? Yeah, Oceans. Did I say of that Callisto. right. Beautiful. Anybody out there wants to have a good read? Oceans of Callisto. If you're into sci-fi, it's, it's on Amazon. It's on nice. Amazon, Kobo, and uh, oh, what you call it? Uh, Apple, Kindle, and yeah, and Kindle. Beautiful. Beautiful. Excellent. Rick, I'm just going to ask you another question here in relation to um, officiating. Uh, we often see the, the stories come out in relation to Special Olympics athletes, like the, the, the nice, good feeling stories of the sportsmanship and how, you know, we, we've seen the, the runners, one falls, they stop, they help each other cross the line, things like that. And, and they're always very moving and heartwarming. I want to take this in a different direction. As an official, have you seen the other side of Special Olympic athletes <laughs> when the competitiveness comes out in them? Have you seen that in your officiating duties? Yes, actually, I have. Uh, probably the, the worst one was uh, this lady just kept on giving me grief. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, we were caught in a game. And, oh, my. It was terrible. She yelling at me and telling me all sorts of things, making disparaging comments. And it was tough. But. But once we tossed my mother out of the, the, the building, <laughs> it all went well. We all went pretty good right after that. <laughs> Just kidding. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think, yeah, we, we um, I see it more when we get up to uh, higher levels of competition. And uh, most of the stuff that I see or uh, see where it gets out of hand is not a teasing issue. It's more of a, a, a pain issue. So someone has been slashed or someone has received an elbow and the first thing to come out is a, an aggression uh, back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to break up a, a scrap. And uh, one of the things that I, I would prefer to see, and the coaches are usually very good at this, is not running up the scores. That's another thing that, uh, mm -hmm. that we see happen that we don't like. And, uh, but for the most part, the Special Olympic coaches that I do see uh, try and limit the the times where the scores run up because no one wants to be embarrassed, you know? Sure. You know, what's funny, if anybody was to tune in right now and miss the beginning of our, our podcast and didn't realize we were talking about special Olympics athletes or competitions, this would sound remarkably similar to any other sporting event, wouldn't it? It just, it just goes to show you that, oh, yeah. you know, that there's, there's really no difference when it comes to the competitiveness in people and, and how sports bring it out and, well, the thing we have to realize about Special Olympics from, from a person that doesn't have an intellectual disability but has been around it all my, all my life is that uh, a lot of people uh, focus on the disabilities that the person has, usually the physical disabilities that they have, and they wonder how this could happen and how you can get along. I, I don't really, I've never really looked at it that way. After, after a few years, I, I'm, I'm looking at the abilities that these athletes are blessed with. So, for example, I have a couple of uh, Down syndrome athletes in my powerlifting program. And, you know, they've obviously got communication uh, uh, issues, but uh, as a power lifter, they got extremely flexible joints. It comes with the downs, uh, uh, the DNA set up they're, they're natural power lifters. And I'm always pleased to see the abilities that they do have and how strong these characters are. And it's not a matter of uh, uh, sympathy. It's a matter of look what these guys can do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for example, uh, Chris, Chris is a, a golfer here and he's probably wondered a couple of times about, 
you know, uh, I'm golfing and I'm, uh, and, you know, I'm not great at golf and some of my games are not that great. Some of them are really good. And, he, and Chris here, he gets selected for Team Canada to represent our country in a, a golf program yeah. down in, uh, down in uh, Georgia, or uh, what was it? South, yeah, South Carolina. South Carolina, Hilton Heads. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, why did Chris get there? Oh, well, he was with Special Olympics, but, but the man can golf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Actually, we were talking earlier about Jackie Barrett, and I, I saw uh, an interview with them, and he was talking about deadlifting six hundred pounds. And the the interviewer had said to him, "You know, at the end of the day, whether you're a Special Olympics athlete or not, six hundred pounds is six hundred pounds. It doesn't change depending <laughs> on who's lifting it, does it?" Well, he he holds not only Special Olympic records in Newfoundland, he also holds some of the Atlantic records in Newfoundland for for deadlift. I think at six forty, I think was his last lift before he retired. Wow. Good gosh. I have a hard time just picking up my knife and fork and look at this, this fella, <laughs> 640 pounds and he's got an intellectual disability. Crazy. Um, still, still with refereeing. What was the biggest game that you ever refed in special Olympics? I think, I think for me, it was not that long ago at our, our provincial games and Brantford was playing Newmarket. And it had gone into about the fourth overtime. And, uh, and anyway, the, um, this Brantford, Brantford team finally got a goal. And it was a, it was a defenseman who, who was a big guy, and he very seldom got a goal. Anyway, he shot the puck in the net. He won. The whole team was ecstatic because they had come so far together. And I remember him coming over to look at me, and I said, I'm not sure if we should have counted that goal. It took you so long to put that puck in the net. I think we we're going to call you for delay of game. <laughs> he was he was so ecstatic. His first name was Rick. I think his last name was McKnight, and and he passed away shortly thereafter. Oh, and I think the nicest thing was is that he got to score the biggest game of his life before he left us. Wow. And I thought that was extremely apropos. I think that yeah. was really made me feel really good to see for me to see it and for his teammates to see it before he passed on. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Very nice. Well, Rick, we really appreciate you joining us here again, not only as a special Olympics official, but I think more importantly, as a special Olympics father, it's been great to get the insight uh, from both sides. And, um, you know, I know I probably speak for a lot of people in this area, but we appreciate everything that you've done for special Olympics over the years. And, we look forward to getting everybody back out on the courts and the floors and the, the fields and everything and getting back at this again. So, well, I think, I think the biggest thing that I see, and I thank you all for doing this. It's, it's really good to get the word out there for me. I think the happiest moment coming up uh, is we're coming back to sports. I'm just doing paperwork right now to come back to powerlifting yeah. for floor hockey and, and uh, not just doing that, but helping the people go through the paperwork and the new routines that we have in bringing sport back. But in my view, uh, it's sort of like when that puck drops and it hits the, the, the floor or when Jamie picks that or any athlete picks up that bar, it's not just about sport. It's, it's about the game of life. It's about respect and it's about you know, bringing your body and your mind all together. And in sports like floor hockey, it's bonding with your, your teammates and also respecting the officials and the supporters that uh, make this all happen because without... Without financial support, we just wouldn't be able to function properly. For sure. For sure. All right. Yeah. Thanks again, Rick. We really appreciate it.
and uh, hopefully we'll get everybody back on the floor shortly here. Thank okay. you. Thank you again, Rick. Okay. Thank, take care. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Lozi and I are going to be right back to wrap up shortly after this. And welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators, our very first episode. And that was two good special guests that we have. What a good special Olympic family they are. How one Jamie Walker is 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 an athlete and his father is just a phenomenal guy that volunteers and good to have them on our first ever episode yeah rick's done a lot of everything hasn't he between uh, executive stuff and volunteering and coaching and officiating it's pretty impressive it's great to have people like that around that's what makes special olympics what it is right yeah all right well it's been nice focusing on hockey for our first episode uh, especially with things starting to get underway in the nhl and in the ohl and, and um you know the world of hockey is getting going again this year with fans for the first time in a couple of years so it's exciting i'm excited about it you excited about the nhl season chris i i'm excited yes it's yeah. gonna be different now back to the 82 game full season no more bubbles no more division plays it's back to where it's supposed to be like absolutely on that note let's go first with your favorite nhl team uh detroit red wings all right and i'm gonna stick with the toronto maple leafs i am a sucker for punishment but it's only (laughs) been 54 years so why would i give up now right okay Let's let's make a prediction, Chris. You predict who you think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year. I'll do the same, and hopefully in a few months' time, we can look back on this and see if either of us were even close. <laughs> well, I could pick the wings, but I think they're going to be another year or two out. Uh, like I said, it's back, back to an 82 full-game season. No more bubbles, no more division play it's back where it's supposed to be. So I'm going to, I'm going to see what the golden Knights are going to think they're going to be there at the end. Vegas, baby, Vegas, baby. Well done. Okay. Good pick. Well, my heart says go with the Leafs, but my heart has been broken so many times that I think (laughs) I am this year going to go with the three P I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay lightning. I think they still have what it takes this year and I think they may be able to get our first repeat that we've seen in a long, long time. So I'm going to go with the Lightning. So as I said, hopefully we can look back on this in a few months' time and and see if we were even close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't wait till May. That's right. That's right. All right, Lozy, thanks very much. It's been a lot of fun tonight, and I look forward to doing one of these every week. Um, hopefully, uh, everybody enjoyed listening. We sure enjoyed you joining us. We thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week with episode number two of Guardians and Gladiators. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and the bell as you download this on Spotify to keep your notifications for our new episodes each week. Beautiful. Yes, as Chris said, we are available on Spotify, Guardians and Gladiators.